Welcome to China Tech Talk, the weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I'm John Artman, editor in chief of TechNote, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So this week we want to talk about、uh, the iPhone. So、uh, late last week,、uh, the iPhone X officially launched around the world, and、uh, one of the first places that it launched was、um, in in China. And so there was a lot of talk,、uh, a lot of speculation about how、um, the Chinese market would receive、uh, the iPhone, the two new iPhones, the iPhone 8,、uh, which released、uh, about a month ago, and then the iPhone 10, which uh, released um, last week. Matt, you and I, we we talked about、uh, you know、uh, the Apple strategy here in China. Uh, um, a while back, looking looking at one of their main weaknesses in terms in terms of services,、um, so we thought that we t- we'd look at、um, the iPhone X in particular and see how、uh, the chi- Chinese mainland ha- has reacted to it. And I think that from what I can tell,、uh, a lot of people are are actually quite surprised.、Um, you look at、um, the the average resale price of the iPhone X in China is actually very very low、um, on the day. That it was released,、uh, we、uh, we at Technode we saw that the the resale price was about 600 renminbi.、Um, I was just reading that、uh, in some areas, for example, Shenzhen, which is right across from from Hong Kong. Um, which is where a lot of the, where historically a lot of the the, the gray phones have have come from,、uh, and 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 being resold.、Um, looking at、uh, people reselling it there, they only maybe they could only make about a hundred renminbi、um, over the, the the price at which they bought it. And so it's kind of, it's really kind of interesting to see、um, to see you know these kinds of data points, but then also. You know the uptick in、uh, in shipments to China of of the iPhone 8, which was predicted to not do very well,、um, in particular because people were waiting for、um, the iPhone 10. Yeah, there was、uh, pictures of、um, outside Apple stores when the iPhone 8、uh, launched. You know, it was just、uh, crickets.、Uh, there was nothing, no 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 queues, no lineup,、uh, and.、Um, Compared to what happened previously a few years ago with 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 other mod- model launches,、uh, that's a starking contrast. So everyone was kind of thinking, okay, well, th- th- everyone's waiting for the iPhone X, or as most people in China are, are calling it, iPhone X, right? I, I think very few people. What, what do you call it, John? I mean, I, everyone I speak to in China says iPhone X. I, I but... keep I keep going back and forth. I mean, part of part of me when I look at it, I, I say iPhone X in my head, but then I have to stop myself. No, no, it's the iPhone X, John. Come on. <laughs> Uh, every everyone I know, everyone I know is calling it X.、Um, so yeah, the popular、uh, um, opinion there was that、oh, everyone's waiting for the X. You know, iPhone、uh, is a luxury brand. Apple is a luxury brand.、Um, people don't want the second best one; they want the best one.、Um, and that, that we've yeah we've covered this in previous episodes, right? So、uh, Apple in China is a luxury brand, and a big part of how they've been able to be so successful in China previously、um, is to do with the fact that they have、uh, a product which is more than just tech. It's a fashion icon. It's a it's a status icon. You know, it's it's something that used to be.、Um, Maybe that's changing with this new model because it is quite expensive. But it used to be that、oh, if you had an iPhone,、um, that was something which was an expensive purchase and out of the reach of most consumers. And so it said something about how much money you had, and it was a great product. So you know, it used to be that iPhones were way ahead of all the other、um, 
manufacturers in terms of the quality and the user experience. And I think both of those over the years, both those advantages have been eroded away slowly. And uh, it's got to a stage where, um, you know, the technology between high-end Android devices and Apple is not, and Apple iPhones, it's not not that different. Uh, phone, the phone has got quite mature and um, there's less and less ways to differentiate your products uh, and phones are all pretty good. Um, they can all do everything you need them to do now. Um, so it's really just like bells and whistles that are being added on at this stage. Um, and so Apple, it's they don't have the you know the the major advantage that they used to, uh, but they still do have a, a very strong brand loyalty. I think a lot of Chinese people. Uh, Revere Steve Jobs as well. There's a certain aspect of that um, where he's he's looked up to as a, as a visionary, and uh, the Apple brand. There, there's definitely lots of Apple fanboys in China, uh, and I think it's stronger amongst women actually. And from just from my personal experience, I always see like uh, Chinese women are just like more into iPhones than than the men. Um, I think part of that is due to iOS, right? They're just used to using iOS. It's uh, once you get locked into that operating system, uh, then you don't want to change. So yeah, I think I mean, so looking at looking at my my milieu, if you will, um, you know, working working at TechNode with a lot of um, with a lot of tech savvy people. So um, on our editorial team, on the Chinese editorial team, um, a lot of people have Apple products, uh, not 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 just iPhones, but also um, Apple watches. Uh, a few, not too many, have the 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 um, the AirPods, um, and al- almost all of I, w- I would say ninety percent of our entire company uses some form of of MacBook laptop, whether it's uh, it's an Air, whether it's a MacBook, whether it's a MacBook Pro or something like that. Um, so so our our organization is um, fairly uh, Apple enthusiastic, <laughs> I guess if if you can if you can put it that way. Um, and, and and the thing is, I, I think this is you know what you mentioned just now about um, I think it, it, it decreasing as a status symbol. I think is is a really important point to make, and it, it's something that perhaps you know in terms of overall growth for the company has uh, been has been damaging. Um, but I think that that really kind of what we're seeing in China is that the the iPhone and and Apple products in general are beginning to it's beginning to normalize in in the culture. Where it's not so much people using it as status symbols anymore, but the customer profile is becoming more and more similar to what you would see in in other markets. So people who are uh, relatively price insensitive, uh, they look at an iPhone 10 or they look at the cost of an iPhone 8 and they say, hey, you know, dropping you know six thousand, seven thousand, ten thousand RMB for this phone, you know, that's that's fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be worried about it. Um, so they're relatively price insensitive. And they are, uh, and they they like the brand. They like the the user experience. They like how the the different uh, products play well together. 
you know, that that's that's one of the great things. It's one of the things that I like about um, about Apple products is that, you know, I have a MacBook, I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, and they all work well together. Um, anything that I put on iCloud Drive, it's going to be synced uh, fairly well. Um, they, they, they've gotten much, much better with that with that type of service over the years. Um, and so I think that's that's really kind of what what we're seeing in China more is that that people are just are buying the phone in a lot of ways because they like the brand, because they're interested in owning the, the product for owning the product's sake rather than having it as uh, as a outward, uh, outward status symbol. And the thing is, I mean, I got a chance to to play a little bit with the iPhone 10 uh, just a few days ago, and it's really it's really kind of fun. I have to admit, it it it, ta- it took me a while to get used to it. I think there's there's obviously there's going to be a lot of differences, um, but I think that again, I mean, the same things that are drawing you know other markets to uh, other customers and other markets to purchase the iPhone 10 is I think it's going to be a similar motivation that that we see in China. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. so you've played around with the iPhone 10. Can you describe, um, you know, what makes it so fun then? Well, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I think it's fun in the sense that it's different. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you read a lot of reviews, um, and they'll basically say the same thing. I think it's that it's that it's, it's surprising. Uh, it takes, there's, there's a bit of a learning curve. It's a soft learning curve, but it's a bit of a learning curve. And if you're a heavy, uh, Apple person, like, like I am, you know, I have a 6S, I've had it for almost two years now. Uh, I, I, I like it. I have no, I have, I don't, I have no, uh, desire to to upgrade at this point but you know you're used to using your phone in a certain way and you know a lot of it is um, centered around the home button there a lot of it is kind of how how swipes are done so swiping up you know um, on all on all the models before the 10 you swipe up on the home screen and that brings you to the control center and so whereas in the iPhone 10 you swipe up and that uh, closes the app or that brings you home or that pulls you into the um, into the multitasking uh, screen um, and then you know where where is the control center? Well, the control center is is a different type of um, is a different type of um, uh, swipe uh, from from the top right instead. Um, I didn't really get a chance to try the Face ID because it was just uh, you know a, a a demo model on display at a um, at a store. Um, and so you can you can test the um, the Face ID kind of registration, but then that's that's about it. I wasn't able to really kind of go in depth when it comes to uh, Face ID. I, I've read some reviews about it and how, like, for example, um, if there is a notification that comes onto the screen while the phone is locked, uh, the notification itself will not display what the content is until it verifies you with, with Face ID. And so that's, that's, that's a pretty cool application there. Um, but again, I think that, you know, as, as, a, as an iPhone user, as, as an Apple fan, um, just the idea of the iPhone 10, you know, with the better screen, um, with more real estate compared to the, um, compared to even the iPhone 8, although the iPhone 8, excuse me, the iPhone 8 plus, but even though the iPhone 8 plus actually the screen, uh, width, it is, it is wider, um, than the iPhone 10. Um, but I think, you know, just some of these really interesting upgrades and just a different form factor and things like like that. I mean, if I was, you know, a price insensitive person, and, and unfortunately I'm not <laughs> when it comes to this type of stuff, um, I, I probably would have bought one. Um, but uh, but at this point, you know, I, I don't I don't feel the need to spend that type of money. Yeah, Apple's in an interesting uh, position where I think actually the. Uh, their customers are not so much price insensitive as like they actually want a higher price. Like the higher the price, the better almost for, for, for an iPhone to some degree, because by having an iPhone in China is to some degree about showing off, um, or it used to be at least. Uh, and they're, they're about, 
they're a good thing to gift to people as well, right? So um, it's uh, it's something that if the price goes higher, it doesn't really affect the demand that too much. And in fact, it can have positive effects on the demand in terms of differentiating it from from other brands. Um, so that's a rather unique position. I think the only other brand that really um, can can get to that level would be Huawei um, in China. They've got some expensive uh, lines of, of, of phones, um, but they haven't really got anywhere near the sort of brand that, that Apple has. Well, it's, um, and, it's, and it's funny too, because um, I would say I would agree either Huawei or, or Samsung, um, maybe not Samsung these days because of some of the quality issues, um, you know, exploding batteries and such of, of earlier this year. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, Ren Zhengfei, the, the founder and ostensible leader of the, of the company, um, he, he announced earlier this week that, you know, Huawei wants to refocus on, on lower end phones. So I think, I mean, I, I Again, I do agree that Huawei, I mean, is probably one of the big competitors when it comes to high end, but it seems that they're not really focusing on that all, all that much. Oh, that's interesting. I thought the low end was being dealt with, I mean, it's super competitive and there's already very strong players in there with Oppo, Vivo, uh, even Xiaomi has got like a pretty strong range, I think, of, of lower, of less expensive phones. Um, so that that area, and then there's a whole range of all the small players, right, I have, they're, they're usually priced at quite low. Uh, the sort of um, local brand small player for Android. Those guys can be really cheap. Um, what's also another point is that people have made is for the new iPhone, there's, there's, there's no gold version. There's no red or rose version, um, which before Apple was releasing those, and it seemed to sort of in a way to tailor to the Chinese market, and certainly like the, the, the red version uh, seemed to be that way. Um, and people would expect those those ty- those colors to be more popular in China. So I saw some people commenting about that, uh, but I th- actually I disagree with that. I think uh, I, d- I got the impression that those are kind of novelties, and people are already over it. Um, actually, the colors of black and white are kind of you know uh, the classics, and uh, um, yeah, people. I don't think that's going to have a bit of effect on its popularity that people can't buy a gold iPhone 10 in China. Yeah, I tend I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. And I, I think that um, a lot of it was, I mean, I think that when, when the rose gold and the gold phones were um, were first uh, announced and first and first released, I mean, you know, they were in, in short supply in, in China. Um, whether or not that actually uh, affected overall sales, I think, is a, is, is a big question. Um, but looking at, I think, you know, I want to come back to a point that you just made. I mean, I think that, you know, what I was saying before is that it's become a little bit less of a status symbol in a certain sense. Um, I don't think that necessarily applies to the iPhone 10 um, because the iPhone 10 is, you know, this latest, the latest and greatest. Whereas, you know, the iPhone 8 is um, is a, is an iteration upon something very, very familiar. Uh, the iPhone 10 is is a completely new experience, and so I think that that it is a, it is going to be um, a status signaler in a, in a certain sense. But I think also, but it, but it's also you know in in the in the sense of you know being being the first one, uh, being the first person in your group, being the first person at your office, uh, being the first person among your friends, uh, among your family to have this thing and to be able to show it off to them. I think is is um, a, a probably going to be a motivator as well. But again, it's going to be a motivator for people who are um, I think a little bit more more they who people tend tend towards. 
purchasing iPhone uh, iPhone and Apple products in general. Um, and so in that in that sense, it's still kind of on the same level as um, as I, I think you know users in other markets where being that being that first being that fr- the first person to have something. Um, if if you know if your group if your cohort um, values that um, can actually be a, a pretty big a pretty big driver for uh, for purchasing. Um, but again, that's not necessarily um, only going to be in in China. Um, but also it was it was super interesting because you know for for Technode we did a we did a we decided to do a a, a live blog kind of a warm up for our live blog of the. Um, of the uh, the singles day uh, that uh, is actually going on right now as of this recording, um, but so so we wanted to do a live blog and we, in part because like we thought okay well this is the iPhone 10 it's it's the release things are going to go crazy you know uh, a few years ago I think when the iPhone was the iPhone 5 uh, was released in China you know people were in 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 Beijing in particular were going crazy at one point you know the iPhone store the the Apple store actually had to close um, because people were just getting Way too out of hand. Uh, whereas with the iPhone 10, everything was just kind of normal. Um, I think the only pictures that I saw of, of long queues were actually was actually in Singapore, uh, in Hong Kong, uh, where again a lot of the um, uh, where a lot of the gray market starts for the mainland. Lines were not th- not that long. Uh, the only lines that were really long in China were in the Sanlitun store in, in Beijing. And, you know, Sen Litun, just in general, is just a, a very, very busy area, perhaps the busiest uh, area for foot traffic in the entire city. Um, so it's not so surprising to see uh, a little bit of a crowd, but it wasn't it wasn't overwhelming. There was no there was no point where, you know, there was nothing sensational, you know. And for us, like we were kind of hoping for something a bit sensational, but then not, nothing happened. It was just, oh, there's this launch, but everyone's kind of acting normal. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, as, as I said before, for the... I, I, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think in terms of the financials and the how well this phone does, obviously uh, tons of people in China are going to buy a, a new iPhone. For sure, it's going to have a big uptick. Um, you know, Apple's had, it's been a long time since they've released an iPhone uh, and they've had declining sales in China for what was it, like five quarters before. So yes, there's definitely going to be a big spike in revenue from iPhone sales in China, 100%, right? But is it going to be anywhere near the level it was in uh, back, back, what was it, in, in um, what, 2014, I think it was, or 2015, uh, 2000, when was it, John? Like when, when it was just super crazy, it was like for iPhone 4 and 5. Yeah, I it was think. iPhone 4 and 5, yeah. Yeah, when it was just like crazy, crazy, crazy. We're never going to see that again, I think. Um, it's matured and now it's about grinding out new features and that's what's worrying for apple i think are they doomed in china no um they're definitely they've got a very strong position i think a lot of it boils down to uh, their brand and people not wanting to shift from ios but um are the local have the local players caught up yes for sure in terms of tech they've caught up um are they better are the local players better at marketing uh, generally yeah a lot better um, still, even even now, even though that Apple has made uh, a lot of changes, a lot of positive changes to how they market in China uh, or how they approach China, opening up R&D centers, for example, localizing features, um, working with WeChat team uh, closer and things like that. Yeah, this is all good stuff. Um, you know, and Tim Cook was in China, you know, a couple of days ago, wasn't he, to, to meet mm-hmm. Xi Jinping. So, you know, spending more time on the ground um, is, is also a good sign. But um, are these things going to have, are these things going to stop uh, a sort of 
slow decline? I, I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, I, I can't. I think the local players will eventually end up um, grinding down Apple further and further over the next few years. I, I can't see any anything that's going to change that with yeah. this with this new phone. Yeah. I, so, I, I... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, John. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence about it. Um, I think that, I mean, you look at you look at some of the recent numbers, and so um, shipments of iPhones uh, in general were um, after the iPhone 8 was released were up 40% year on year in China. Um, whether or not that is sustainable, um, we'll just have to see. Um, we don't. I have. I was not able to find any shipment figures or sales figures for the iPhone 10. Um, which is a bit of a shame. It would have been nice to have that um, to get a sense of how how well it's doing. Um, but I think that I mean, really, the thing is, the thing is for for Apple, it's not so much about being this this dominating this dominating force or this dominating player as it as it was in the past. And so I think that um, I completely agree that you know the Apple of of today in China is is very very different than than the Apple of uh, three or four three or four years ago. Um, but yeah, that doesn't mean that they're doomed. Um, it doesn't mean that they're they're you know we're never going to see iPhones in China again. Um, I think again, to the way that I kind of see it is just I, I think that things are just normalizing uh, for them in this country in the sense that what their strategy is going to be here. Um, is going to be very, very similar to what their strategy is all around the world, which is selling these uh, premium products, uh, uh, premium products, um, and then um, upselling people um, on accessories. Uh, ben Thompson um, had a great uh, weekly article. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes about um, about Apple, about the iPhone 10, and and some of the things. And I think that one of the one of the big takeaways from from that piece was about Apple's strategy is really about finding their core users, uh, finding the people who are going to buy the iPhone, you know, generation after generation after generation. Um, people who, when you know they they want to buy a new phone, they're going to buy an iPhone. They're not going to switch to Android, uh, and then then upselling to them accessories. So the the Apple Watch, uh, the the uh, the AirPods, uh, even even iPad to to a certain degree. But you look at you know the Apple Watch and and the um, the Apple Watch and, and AirPods. I mean, you cannot have, you cannot use those really uh, without without an iPhone. And so it stands to reason that people who are buying the Apple Watch, people who are buying the uh, the AirPods also have an iPhone. And so I think that that really does seem to be their strategy is is make is pushing out the new iPhones, um, getting people to buy it, making making it new enough um, that that people who are are on the fence about upgrading will actually upgrade um, and 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 just in selling to to their core to their core customer and getting them to 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 buy accessories i think you know looking at the iphone 10 um, it's pretty clear that this is going to be the phone of the future and so for for myself i'm not going to buy the iphone 10 right now um, maybe you know in a couple of years when my when my iphone right now dies i mean i've had it for almost two years and uh, the only problem I, that i have with it is that it's a cracked screen and that's 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 my fault for dropping it so many times um but the fact that i was able to drop it so many times and only just now get a cracked screen i think really really does uh, show its build quality um and so so with the iphone 10 i mean like their their strategy globally is you know this is the form factor of the future of the next 10 years or or however long 
Um, and I think that that again, their their China strategy is is coming to look similar and some more and more similar to um, what it is going to what it is around the world. Find find their core user and, and upsell them other stuff. And the real challenge here is just and, and the reason that Tim Cook comes to China so often is that they have to make sure that they can keep access to this market. Um, that they're not going to be hamstringed by um, intolerant policies of of the Chinese government towards their ultimately foreign brand. And so, you know, you look at some of the things that they've done recently, um, uh, cloud computing centers, uh, data centers in based here in China, um, taking off uh, VPN and other, um, quote unquote, illegal applications from the Chinese app store. Uh, and, and all of this is to make sure that they, they can maintain access to this market. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Those are all good signs. Um, when you're talking about there with the upselling on accessories, it just made me think of when I visited the uh, flagship Xiaomi store in Shenzhen a couple of weeks back. Uh, I was really impressed by just how many things they had in that store. Um, so Xiaomi has a similar strategy of the phone being the center of a sort of IoT ecosystem where you have all these connected devices within your within your home. Um and I've read about it before, and I've kind of, you know, seen, you know, seen some videos on it and stuff or whatever, and 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 spoke to people. But when I went into the store, it actually sort of like, wow, okay, they actually have got a lot. Uh, they, I, I don't know how good some of these products might be of questionable quality. Um, I really have no idea. Well, it is uh, it is Xiaomi, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these these products are not like super high end products, but the the sheer number of them is 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 very impressive. Uh, you know, they've got they you know they had um, in terms of SKUs, it was literally hundreds. They had like connected toothbrushes, connected tea sets and kettles. Uh, you know, your home water filtration systems. Um, you know, little robots that clean clean your floor automatically. Uh, children's toys. Um, you know, it, it was fans, it was, it was air conditioning, TV, the whole thing, like anything you can think of pretty much um, was in there. And all of them can be connected through the, uh, and controlled by your phone um, through the Xiaomi Home app. So that, that yeah, I mean, that vision is, uh, is, is quite big, actually. And um, I think, I guess Xiaomi right now, you know, is... Uh, a lot of their products, uh, they're probably cooperating with people and they're not at the level yet but the, that they want them to be. But it's, it's quite clear what their vision is, you know, to, to be, you know, this whole ecosystem where the phone is really just the remote control. Uh, and ultimately, maybe it's not the phone. Maybe it's just in the cloud is how you control them through voice, perhaps, rather, rather than uh, through a screen. Um, but yeah, that, that, that vision I think is something that Apple, yes, Apple's got like earbuds and it's got the, they've, you know, got other watches and other devices, but they never like embraced, they've never had like a truly, uh, such a large vision like that to control your home in, in, in expanding into such a wide variety of different areas, whereas they, they could have, I guess, um, if they really wanted to, well, they they, they kind of are with uh, with the HomePod, uh, which is set set to be released um, in December, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't know what the release schedule is going to be in in China. And the thing is, when it comes to this is this is kind of what um, like I'm not I'm not very envious of of the Western markets as a consumer in in most regards. Um, but the one one area that I am a bit envious is the home. Um, I think that in in the United States, like you know, you and 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 Western countries, you look at you know uh, the dominant position 
of uh, of Google as well as Amazon when it comes to um, home based products. And you really at this point, I mean, and you know, of course, Apple's going to introduce their own. But I mean, at this point, you really only have those those two those two players. Um, and so you know, if you uh, before the Google Assistant was introduced, if you wanted something like this in your home, you had the Echo, and that was basically it. Whereas in China, you know, you have these these large companies with their own ecosystems, and the way that they work is that you know they have to they they have to go into these these new areas in order to make sure that their moat stays intact, that they're not disrupted by another uh, large competitor. So what that means is that smart speakers, um, it's completely fragmented at this point. You know, you have you have Alibaba and their uh, Tmall uh, Genie. You have uh, Jing Jing Dong with their um, their their poorly named, if you ask me, Ding Dong um, speaker. Um, and then you have and you have you know the long tail of other other smaller players making their smart speakers as well. And so as a consumer, I'm just bewildered because like I don't want to get locked into the Alibaba ecosystem. I don't want to get locked into the the Jingdong ecosystem. I mean because they're both great, and I want to have the option of using either one whenever I want. Um, and so in that sense, you know, I'm kind of hoping that maybe Apple, the HomePod, um, it's good, the price point is going to be much higher, but the HomePod maybe you know that can kind of be somewhere in the middle between. Uh, Jingdong and, and Alibaba when it comes to smart speakers. Yeah, smart speakers is really interesting. Um, I was at the Tencent uh, Partners Conference uh, a couple of days ago, and there was a demo of the Truman Wenwen uh, smart speaker, which these those guys are kind of smaller players in the market. Um, I think they, they they are backed. So they do have some connection with Google, though. I think. I, uh, yeah, they I'm were. Not, so I'm so yeah, wasn't clear. Truman Wenwen, Truman Wenwen, they're actually one of the first um, AI companies in China. Uh, in some ways, they were they were almost a little bit too early um, because they they had they had this tech and then they were struggling to find a product. Um, They actually made one of the first... Uh, China only um, smartwatches. Um, this is like just around the time that wearables were starting to get to really kind of um, pick up steam in like 2013, 2014. Um, and yeah, like like you said, they were they were originally backed by uh, by Google as well. Mm, yeah, so they don't have e-commerce. So you just mentioned uh, Jingdong and uh, and Alibaba have their solutions. And obviously, in the states, Amazon's the one that has uh, is, is leading this market. Um, and they were demoing their 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 product. <laughs> to, to be honest, it was quite unimpressive. Uh, I really struggled to see the value that it would bring into my life. Um, and, but they were they were saying actually on these devices, um, you know, buying stuff is actually number three or number four use case scenario. A lot of people are using it for like music or to control other devices. Is, is how they're more typically used. Uh, of course, uh, they, they would say that because they don't, <laughs> they don't have much e-commerce going on. Um, but yeah, it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still very unconvinced about, about spe- home speakers. Um, I know it's taking off in the States, uh, but here in China, I don't think it is taking off right now. And, uh, and, and based on the demos that I, I've, I've seen so far, uh, I, I, I'm just, you know, very bearish on it. Uh, but I, I would like to be convinced otherwise. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, but, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find it from me, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I'd love someone to actually show me, you know, the value it can bring my life here in China because I, I just can't see it. Well, I think again, this is this is kind of how I'm envious because I think that that Amazon and and Google, uh, Amazon, you know, Amazon as a first mover and Google as a as a recent uh, recent uh, um, entrant. 
I think they're 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 doing fairly well. Um, I think in, in in a lot of ways because I mean Google they 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 do search uh, and they they have a lot of data and they're able to present that uh, in in a in a convincing way. Um, Amazon is is very similar. They have a lot of data, and you know unlike Alibaba for example, Amazon really is a technology company. Um, they have they have so much uh, processing going on in the background. Um, it's it's um, it's it's pretty amazing what what they can do as a tech company. And so with the Echo, um, I've only heard good things about the Echo. I've only heard good things about the Google Assistant. Um, and I think that you know you look at you know Jingdong and, and Alibaba. I mean you know they're not they're not data companies to a certain degree. I think Jingdong perhaps is a little bit more um, than than Alibaba, but it's it's hard to see them you know doing these these AI powered voice recognition things. Um, and you know with Siri, I mean I. I've been using Siri a little bit more on on my iPhone, but it's actually really frustrating sometimes. It's really really frustrating. Where um, you know Apple with iOS 11, they they added more Siri integrations uh, into apps, and so you can um, tell Siri to do something in inside of an application. And I found that it works about 70% of the time. Um, and when it doesn't work, it's super frustrating. Uh, I use it mostly to um, to add reminders into OmniFocus, and so that way into my OmniFocus inbox. That way I can I can process it later. I don't have to like pull out my iPhone and type stuff. I can just say you know Hey Siri, um, and of course now now it just went off. Um, but <laughs> but I but I tell it I I tell Siri Hey you know add this thing to OmniFocus, and about seventy percent of the time it does. But then like the other thirty percent of the time like it gives me some random web search or it, you know it it puts it into the reminders app, and and you know in both cases that just does not that does not work and completely breaks the experience. Um, and you know so looking at smartphone smart speakers in China, I I I, I I have no interest in buying one at this point. You know, again, I might think about getting a HomePod because it fits into, you know, my already existing Apple, you know, ecosystem, you know, the the my the way that I use these products and things like that. Um, but no, I have no interest in getting, you know, a Xiaomi smart, smart speaker. I have no interest in getting an Alibaba or, or a Jingdong one. I, I just don't, I don't see the use case at all. I don't see how, like, like you said, I don't, I don't understand how these products can um, benefit me at all. Mm, yeah. And from speaking to, you know, average Chinese people, uh, I mean, I always ask, I, I like to ask, uh, you know, lots of my wife's family and their friends and other people that I know here in Chengdu. Um, I use it as a bellwether of sort of consumer uh, opinions, and um, yeah, nobody's nobody even understands it. But uh, there's very the awareness in the market, I think, is very low right now. Still, uh, even though there has been efforts from 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 Alibaba and, and, and Jingdong, I, I think it's the awareness is is a problem. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so you know, looking looking at uh, you know the the Xiaomi Apple comparison, I think that um, it is interesting to see how Xiaomi is kind of moving more and more into this IoT space. I would say the biggest difference between Xiaomi and Apple when it comes to this type of strategy. Um, is just that you know with with Xiaomi you can use any of their products on any platform. Um, you don't need a Xiaomi phone to uh, to use their um, to use any of their IoT products actually. Um, you know so you know we have a um, we have an air filter a Xiaomi air filter uh, in our in our home. I, I have and they have an iOS app for that and it works fine. Um, so I think that the biggest difference there is that Xiaomi they're really just kind of going for you know as as they always have just look just just trying to get their products um, just going for for volume rather than profitability or or customer lock-in or anything like that oh yeah yeah definitely definitely and then that and that links into the their price point right it's uh, extremely uh, reasonable some of the some of their products uh, it makes you wonder how they can make any money on it 
the margins the margins must be quite low. Well, they, they, since 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 the beginning, they always they they talked about how they're going to make money off off of services. Um, I don't think that they they have many services. I think a lot of the way they're making money is that thin margin on the products themselves. Um, but then also, um, you know, you look at pre preloading applications, um, advertising networks, and things like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. But uh, still, it's quite. And you support everything just through that. I, I don't know. This is another episode where exactly, <laughs> exactly going into going into Xiaomi's business model. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have there have been strong questions asked about their business model. Yeah, and we're um, we're working on getting someone from Xiaomi onto onto the show. Um, so that 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 we'll see we'll see how that goes. Whether we can get them on, it'll be interesting to see to see what they say. Matt, you know, kind of getting back to uh, the original uh, discussion, you know, the iPhone 10 and, and Apple in China. I mean, like, what what do you what do you see? Five years, in five years, where do you think Apple's going to be? Um, five years, a little bit far out. You know, um, I would say in the next three years. Um, we can, Apple is definitely going to have an uptick in terms of their financials in the next quarter or two, um, at least because of these new because of uh, iPhone X, uh, essentially. And that, but how big an uptick? Um, yeah, it, 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 the price is very high, so it could, in terms of just pure revenue, look pretty good actually. Um, but I think given how the, the, the fundamentals of the market and, and the competition here and how the technology is mature now, I don't see that Apple's not doomed, but I don't see I just see them grinding out, you know, a smaller and smaller part of the pie in China. And the big concern is that maybe one of the players will really start local players will start to step up their game. And in, in, you know, three years down the road, actually start producing noticeably better tech than Apple because their brand relies on being, you know, still, you know, the best, right? Essentially, an iPhone is one of it's, it's the best phone or one of the best phones. But what happens in three years time or five years time if the Chinese local players are producing technology that is ahead? Um that you know that might seem um, that might seem a little bit ambitious, considering that Apple is the you know, is the biggest company um, in this space by a long way, and uh, and their whole company is focused on on producing world class products, world class you know hardware. So how could anyone possibly beat them? Um, but you know here in China, it's it's different from the rest of the world. The consumer there's there's ways to create products localized, which um, for consumers, uh, they they prefer, um, and I, I you know don't don't discount local Chinese um, hardware players because they work extremely hard and they're 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 pretty clever. So um, you know they've already caught up. The Xiaomi example I think is good. You know like Xiaomi Mix Two, it's got the facial, uh, you know facial recognition to open the phone coming out at the same time as iPhone already. Um, three, five years down the road, I think we're going to, you know, they, they might be ahead of, of, of doing, of doing these kinds of things. Yeah. But, the, but so, so yeah, I mean, I think that in a, in a certain sense, I, I do agree with you in the sense that, um, number one, Apple is never going to regain its dominating market share. Um, I think that's, that's, um, that is very obvious. I think that in, in general, their market share, I would say over the next three years, it's probably going to, um, probably start, start leveling out. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm not gonna, 
I'm not confident enough to say whether it's going to go either way. Um, I think that given given the the uptick in iPhone 10, given the uptick with the iPhone 8, uh, that their prospects uh, are are looking better. But I think you have to remember that that one of the reasons that the market share um, has declined is because overall the entire market actually has has increased, and, and a lot of that market is coming from um, you know first time first time smartphone buyers at the the medium to to lower end, right? And so we're looking at uh, phones um, created by uh, mostly Chinese companies um, targeting people who are more price sensitive, uh, people who are really looking at the price tag and they're saying, okay, you know what, um, I can get I can get this phone for how much or I can get this phone for how much? Well, you know, it, how is it going to affect my monthly budget? Is it going to impact, you know, how many groceries I can buy, you know, and, and, and so on and so on. Whereas the, the iPhone, um, you know, in particular, I mean, it's always going to be at, at the high end. And the thing is, you know, Matt, you were saying that maybe Maybe in three years, you know, Chinese companies there, they can begin to rival some of the tech. Maybe, maybe not. But the thing is with Apple, it's never been about the, the, the tech in and of itself. It's always been the, the the extremely tight, the seamless integration between the hardware and the software. You know, you cannot run uh, iOS on any other hardware besides uh, an iPhone uh, or, or an iPad. Um, and so that integration and the fact that it's high quality hardware married with a an amazing user experience I think that you know is that's very very difficult for any company not just Chinese companies but any company to to actually duplicate uh, Google seems like they 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 are going to be trying but you know you look at other other players I mean Samsung I mean honestly Samsung they're 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 a bit of a joke um, I mean they they're the screens look amazing uh, because they, they make their own screens they make their own um, OLED screens um, but there's really no part of a Samsung phone that really stands out. That, that really isn't just a gimmick. Um, and then you look at you look at Huawei. Uh, Huawei, I think you know they're as you said before. I mean their higher end phones are getting better, um, but they're going to be focusing more perhaps on 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 lower end lower end um, because they feel. I mean because they they look at the market and that's just then that's that's how they want to to orient themselves. Uh, and then Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, they're they're at the the, the medium to lower end already. And, and it, you know this kind of goes back to something that we were talking about uh, previously, whereas that you know China, Chinese companies aren't all that tech focused, um, and so. So it was surprising to me that that Xiaomi, um, you know, actually did release uh, a Face ID. I'm really kind of curious about how well it works. Um, I haven't heard any any, any uh, reports one way or the other. Um, so I'd, I'm really kind of open to see how well their their solution actually does does work when it comes to um, actually using it. You know, Samsung they tried their own version of Face ID about a year ago, and then that didn't work, and so they had to go back to to um, to fingerprinting. Um, so I think that think that yeah, I think that that you know, looking at, looking at uh, Apple in China, iPhone. Um, it, the the market share is going to it's going to level off. I don't see it increasing that much. I don't see it decreasing that much. Um, but I do think that you know really the 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 strategy here, as I said before, the strategy here in China is really going to be similar to what they've done um, all around the world, except that they have to very make make very very sure that they can actually stay stay in the market and that they're not going to be penalized or or discriminated against by regulators here. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You make a really good point about how the market shares. Yeah, market share has decreased, but then yeah, you're right. The the whole pie has grown so much uh, over that time, and uh, a lot of the pie growth has been in lower tier cities and inland areas. And and those guys, yeah, they have iPhone users in them, but it's uh, it's much less than the than the Android users. 
um, uh, yeah, I, I think so. What we're basically saying is, uh, you know, it's 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 not going to be a case where Apple is doomed, and it's not going to be a case where Apple is going to be stealing any great amount of more market share either. Um, things are either going to stay stable, or uh, personally, I think they're going to slowly decline. But uh, over the next three to five years, I think there'll be a slow, a continual erosion of their market share. But it will be small. Um, and it will take it, it won't be any big headlines uh, and it won't be, you know, some amazing changes. And, and, and uh, it will just be a very you know, unsexy and, and slow uh, grinding away of market share because the uh, the local players will just find ways to to to, uh, you know, take take those consumers and bring them over to their offerings. Um, and uh, so that's yeah, that's why I think it's going to happen in the next three to five years, John. Yeah, I think I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I have to agree in a lot of ways. Um, again, I'm not I'm not quite, you know, confident enough to say uh, either way. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, Apple, they're not a company that's 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 focused on market share. So I think that it's it's kind of disingenuous for for us for, for other other, you know, people looking at this to measure them by uh, market share. I mean, like, you know, you look at it, and you know, they are perhaps the most successful company in in in, in, in history, <laughs> you know, uh, like they they are able to, um, you know, they're some of the the most profitable company right now um and so you look at you look at their their ability to make money and ultimately that is what you know a business is about is about making money and they're they're killing it uh either way either way you cut it they're they're doing extremely well so it's not always about market share it's not always about you know um shipment shipment numbers it's, you you look at the, the 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 profits and the revenues and they're they're doing very very well and so of course you know you look at market share you look at um uh shipments and and, and sales and and stuff and obviously that that's an indicator of um, whether you know whether how well they're going to do in the future how well they're competing but I think that you know year over year you know these have always been concerns and year over year they have shown that they're still able to to innovate they're still able to create great products that that people want to keep buying yeah yeah I think that's again very valid points it's not about yeah maybe for them it's it's market share is a poor way to uh, to assess how they're doing um, it's about squeezing more and more dollars out of every high-end user, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, but I think that's that's about all the time we have, Matt. Um, you know, to our, to our listeners, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you're on Overcast or on Pocketcast, you can press that star button, and that will recommend this episode to your network. Mm-hmm.